This week's episode is brought to you by Heineken. With all the stresses of life, it can be easy to lose perspective on what really matters. But Heineken believes that life is about being with friends and opening yourself to new experiences. Because when you live spontaneously and embrace the unexpected, it's a chance to create new stories and connections. You just have to be open to it. I I know Heineken was one of the first beers I ever started drinking when I started drinking and partying. It was an experience with friends. I have many, many, many stories, some leading to arrests, some not. (laughs) Not encouraging you to do so, but I do encourage you to get a Heineken. So enjoy a refreshingly cold, full-bodied Heineken lager today (laughs) with its deep, cold in color, light, fruity aroma, mild, bitter taste, and a crisp, clean finish. Cheers! (laughs) You've been gone, I've been hanging around here lately With my mind messed up Jumped in my car, tried to clear my mind Didn't help me I guess I'm all messed up now, baby Soon as I jumped into my ride Those memories start to play the song comes on on the radio and there you are baby once again it's just another sad love so wrecking my brain like crazy oh my god yes i'm all torn up be it fast or slow well <laughs> he was just gonna sing the whole song I mean, I I was just in the groove. Speaking of sad love songs, my DVR is set for uh, Iyanla versus the Braxtons. Oh, my God. When is that coming on? Uh, September the 27th. (laughs) That's when the first part airs. I believe the second part airs the following week, which is October 4th. So everyone be in formation, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm going to need a reminder on that, but I definitely would love to be president accounted for. I have set it a, a, a timer. I will be notified, um, you know, via my iCalendar. But praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. How are you, sis? I, I, you know, I'm doing okay. No complaints at all. How are you? I am also well, you know, just uh, out here breathing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're grateful for that. <laughs> we are Aren't really we? grateful for that. Um, yeah, so let's do it. <laughs> I'm just so grateful to not be coughing my face off. Hope I didn't jinx myself. I too am grateful that you are not coughing. I'm grateful that I'm not coughing either, also too. Oh, I saw you this weekend. Did. Came to D.C. for Auntie Denise's 60th birthday. Indeed. We had a high time. It was great. Uh, excellent food, excellent company, excellent fellowship shout out to the o'connors uh as a collective and most specifically to the matriarch denise o'connor that's right um to just an awesome person and uh we got some time uh got to spend some time with a beautiful family so all all good right 
It was great. Uh, the food was amazing per usual. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be completely transparent. Anytime they're like, "Yo, you gonna come to?" I'm like, "Is food gonna be in the building?" Then I will be in the building because <laughs> the O'Connors cooked their faces off. Um, and you know, your girl came through with the libations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I added a little bouge to the party with a time situation and some other things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Got Denise drunk in about two sips of a sorrel sangria. (laughs) She's she generally doesn't drink. She's not she's not allowed to. And she she can't come here. I said, yes. What's in this sorrel? It's like rum, Hennessy, a few other things. And she was laid out, honey, right after that, immediately, immediately laid out. Look it was like NyQuil. Look what I know. Hit that blood. <laughs> Something she needed. Just up, throw it back a little bit. It's your birthday. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was. It was a grand time. Oh, we have an announcement for you guys. So. Uh, because of a few, you know, complications and whatnot, getting grown, New York City has had to move uh, to Thursday, October 4th, as opposed to Friday, October 5th. Um, I know a Thursday show is not always ideal, but Kia and I promise not to keep you all night and you'll still be able to get up, go to work in the morning. I have been known for a Thursday night turn up from time to time. So we'd still love for you guys to come and support and be in the building because it's going to be a really, 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 really awesome time. Absolutely. Um, Um, You'll find, you know, as usual, you'll find the information to get your tickets in the description box um, for the podcast, wherever you listen, whether that be SoundCloud, Apple, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places, you know, that you guys listen to us, you'll be able to get that information. I'll also go ahead and uh, and announce for the good of the order that we have been able to secure some pretty awesome guest speakers um, for uh, guests for the for the Getting Grown New York City show um, and one for the Philly show, too. So hopefully. Uh, I can, I'm pretty sure I'm getting, I'm wait, hopefully I'll have clearance via text message by the end of, of our show today. So make sure you listen to the end to find out who's coming to Philly in a couple of weeks. But I can say right now that we will be joined around the kitchen table by the budget Nista. <laughs> and I know that many of you, many of us, all of us rather have uh, expressed our great uh, anxiety and trepidation about uh, the finances and management of finances that come with, you know, all things adulting. And Tiffany's going to spend some time with us. The budgetista is going to spend some time with us to help us get ourselves in order. Um, she's going to be there. She's going to chat with us around the kitchen table about everything from managing debt, whether that be credit card, student loan, all that jazz, um, to getting ready to buy a house, to, you know, yes. uh, you know, saving investing, uh, entrepreneurship, those all manner of things. Tiffany has built an empire around personal finance um, and personal finance education for black women. We are her demographic. We are her market. And she's coming to kick it with us in New York City. So please, 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 please 
do us a solid and come sit with us at the kitchen table. If you don't have your tickets, it would be in your best interest to get them because I promise you they're going to fly um, and fly fast. We're coming to New York, like Jay said, on Thursday, October 4th. We'll be there at 8 p.m. Um, yes. So get your tickets, secure the bag uh, <laughs> so that, that you can hang out with us in New York City. And um, Philly... Billy. We're coming to hang out with y'all on uh September 22nd, Saturday, September next 22nd. Week. Absolutely. No, well yeah, n- yeah, next week. Not this Saturday yeah. coming, but the Saturday after next that. Next Saturday, yep. We will have a great time. And like I said, stay tuned, listen to the end of the episode and and I'll be able to announce who's going to join us at the kitchen table for um that show. But, oh yeah, before I forget, we also have another guest that's going to help us take out the trash. Um, and for our New York City show, we will be joined um, by Joy Marie McKenzie, who is the senior entertainment editor at Essence. She will join us uh, to take out the trash. We're going to get all into the messy uh, pop culture, celebrity news and gossip. We'll be learning at who is the latest victim of one of Cardi B's shoes. Um <laughs> And we will we'll get to that. We will we will definitely get to that. But yes, guys, just in the way of announcements, getting grown is up to things, man. And we want y'all to come and kick it with us. Be down. Uh don't miss the bus kids. Don't do it. So make sure you guys come through. All of like he said, all of the links will be in the description box. Um, so you will be able to just click it and tick it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, so let's move on into the trash. So that we can keep it pushing. We got a long, a long good show for you today. Limpiando, a clean, clean up woman tie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Limpiar. Oh my gosh. La casa. <laughs> Pull out your brooms. Let's sweep it on up. Okay. We're going to start off with something positive. Well, what a refreshing change of pace. I know. I just figured that would be nice today. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it. For the first time in ever, mm-hmm. uh, black actors and actresses received all four guest actor Emmys um, at the Emmys. So we have Tiffany Haddish. Come on here. Uh, for SNL. Cat Williams for his what? appearance on Atlanta. Did you? Did you watch Atlanta? I didn't, but Cat oh, Williams. Oh, so you missed him as the alligator man. <laughs> oh my gosh, get your coin. It was so good. Well, it I'm was so, so glad good. because, you know, Cat Williams has been in the news recently. It was touch and go. For all manner of tragic things. But It was touch and go for a long time. We are glad that he is on his way back. <laughs> At least yes. I hope so. Me too. He did play himself. Well, I mean, <laughs> he had a pet alligator. We got to start um, somewhere. Florida was a Florida man or alligator. It was one of those. But anyway, yeah. he got it for Atlanta, and then Samira Wiley for her role as uh, Moira in The Handmaid's Tale, which you all know I watch. Ooh, Lord, that's a heavy show. And then Ron Cephas Jones oh, for This goodness. Is Us. He played the grandpa. Well, this is exciting, and I am excited. Yes. So, <laughs> congratulations to all of them. Uh, we're super hype, and I just love that we're seeing all of this history being made. We're gonna keep it on positive. Mm-hmm. Michelle Obama, my queen, aunt, my auntie, queen tings, 
has a new campaign called Hashtag When We All Vote, Whoa. where she encourages all women of color to vote in the midterm elections. Well, glory to God. She's just always, she's just, I just love her. And she speaks nothing but truths because she said, she encourages women of color because she says, we know how to get things done. <laughs> and she ain't lied yet. She ain't Never. lied yet. Not yet. So uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. Indeed. But we are going to move on to some actual trash now. Well, we knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, it's it is it started off as taking out the trash for a reason. Um, a Dallas cop shot a black man by the name of Botham Jean. I think it's Jean. <sighs> uh, he and was arrested on charges of manslaughter. Now, mm. let me just hit you all with the quick one forty um, with the story. So. Um, this bitch <laughs> pu- pulled up to her apartment complex, okay, walked into the wrong apartment on the wrong floor, allegedly. claims allegedly, 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 remember, allegedly walked into the wrong apartment on the wrong floor, claiming she thought it was her own apartment and that Botham Jean or Jean was um, an intruder and she shot him and killed him. Now, why this is some bullshit? A, because there's no way in hell that you are walking into the wrong apartment. Because Let's be very there clear are here. things that exist like locks and keys and, and things keys. Of, that man, of that nature. Yeah. So you definitely, definitely did not. She claims the door was ajar. Anybody who knows him claimed that he was a very meticulous person and there's no way he would have left his door open. I also heard I, a story today. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh-uh, you're but fine. I also saw a tweet. I don't know if I saw a tweet or I don't know how I got. a I got a link somehow um, where, you know, neighbors or persons, yep. witnesses, people who are in the area are alleging. And there was actually a photo that came forward that showed uh, the woman and is it Bozum? Um, Bo- both them, both them. Uh, in they photographed together, so mm-hmm. they are claiming that yep. there was a relationship, and she was actually either seen or heard outside of his door yelling, "Open the door, let me in!" Right, and she was so, drunk, right? Mm-hmm. But she was coming off of a shift, so I'm like, mm-hmm. "There's no way, there's no way." All of these things, like you all can't look at all these giant red flags that are literally slapping you across your faces and see that this woman is lying through her teeth. I'm telling you, man. Ooh. Ooh, I can't. I can't with them. I'm tired. Some of the most dangerous creatures in America. Um, And then, so Nas is speaking up about these recent interviews that Khalees has been doing. Really? Uh, re- regarding their custody battles. He went into a six-part Instagram public service announcement. So was are these videos or were they? They're not. He did the the black post, so the picture's just black, and the caption was long as Jack's. Mm. And so like, he Like, why dis- not? I'm sorry. No, 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 in, please. In my, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just have... Um, I feel like we are all in... And I'm not. this is not singling Nas out because I feel like this has become a very lazy conventional practice amongst Mm. celebrities and persons with large followings because, you know, uh, the the, the two are not always one in the same, but, but, um, no, they're not, but I think that this is fascinating 
uh, is a fascinating development because oftentimes people pay publicists thousands of dollars, but when they want to make a statement, they they resort to Instagram captions and the iOS notes app. <laughs> IPRs. Screenshots. Instagram press, press I'm releases. I'm just like, well, what? <laughs> what the? Like, at what point? Like, what, whatever happened to, like, formal press releases or, like, the, uh, the release of formal statements? And I understand that we live in a digital age and that has, as in some ways, you know, called for, like, an evolution in the way that we communicate messages. But I think that there is just something very colloquial and conversational mm -hmm. about people making statements and formal responses in such a haphazard way it just seems so like lazy yeah i'm just like bruh bruh yeah like i really you, i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you every time i see a celebrity's um ipr again instagram press release posted um which is always in the notes app um, or they've written it in Instagram, like with those letters and put it against the black background. And then they've posted that it's one or the other, but I, I always imagine that they do this on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm like, Oh wow. You wrote this whole thing on the toilet. Cause that's literally the only time that you have to do this. It just also it makes me think be. like, you know, I mean, many of you, all of you who follow me on social media know that, you know, I suffer from, you know, typos. <laughs> because I think like in the haste to get the message out I, I don't always go back and, and reread because this is just like almost like a, a human reflex to just press in <laughs> before we all do like it's just so I just feel like we leave ourselves open to just all kinds of necessary revision and proofreading and editing mm -hmm. when we <laughs> when we operate in these ways and I know that it's all about who can break the story first and who's who can kind of lead the narrative in certain ways. But I just wish that, I mean, it, it is frustrating to me that we've gotten away from having, you know, protocol in place to make sure that we're always making statements in appropriate ways, yeah. especially when we talking something, talking about things as serious as custody. Yeah, and he, I mean, he was upset too. I mean, he was upset and like, went into some really explicit detail right. um, in these posts. And I was just like, but it's on Instagram. Yeah, It man. just cheapens it. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> I think we can also blame uh, Agent Ignorant, I mean, Agent Orange for this. Well, same, same Z's. But we, I just, you know, the fact that tweets are now like official federal correspondence is right like, like all a nigga got to do is make a video on his phone and send it to the shade room and it's like, news bruh that's just so crazy and i know that it's i sound, i sound really old I, I feel like i sound old because i'm just like i don't care like last week we were complaining about cursive being obsolete and now we're talking about that damn instagram <laughs> it is it's a problem though it just cheapens the message like you know what I'm saying? I, I use my Instagram, but I also will direct niggas to a website. Like, there are just things that I like to I mean, just, you know, keep in a certain just place. formalize and, and be professional about that's, your messaging. Especially all. when you talk about serious, serious, serious matters. That's all. That's it. That's it. But I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And now we get to um, the highlight of our trash, which we know we would. Mm -hmm. Nikki versus Cardi. Oh, where do we begin? 
So let's just break the let's just bust the story real quick at a quick 140 and then we'll move on to the commentary. So allegedly Nicki Minaj says that uh, I'm sorry, Cardi B said that Nicki Minaj is talking shit about her child and that she um yeah, she was talking shit about her child and that she's approached her at multiple functions and they've, you know, talked it out and she's expressed her feelings. And there are other times when Nikki has been cowardly, so forth and so on, which we have seen. Because when you do clownery. Anyway, <laughs> so I saw somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but I saw somewhere that Nikki provoked the entire situation by stepping on the train of Cardi's gown. Again, not sure how true that is. Um, but... Cardi was seen rushing Nikki, you know, to, you know, to fight. <laughs> and and uh, she got elbowed in the face, I believe, by security, uh, threw her shoe at Nikki, ended up fighting Ra Ali from Love and Hip Hop, or Ra Ali tried to fight her, should I say. Moose Ali. And mm. um, tried to fight her and then was escorted out by security with her head held high, a slight smirk on her face. Um, so how did she get the knot? I think it was secure. I think when she, I think in the scuffle, security elbowed her at some point in the face is what I read. So there was never any like actual, any actual contact. contact. No. So I don't think there was any actual contact outside of maybe Nikki stepping on Cardi's dress. Nikki is, you know, all over queen radio trying to bless Cardi of all manners of things. So, yeah, I got a, I was in meetings this afternoon um so i didn't listen i don't know that i would have listened if i wasn't in meetings but uh i got a couple of texts from people who were like yo apparently nikki's going in on queen radio and my my only response is why has she like she waited three days she always waits wild long and then it's like it's like i just imagine her you know, calling in all her little reinforcements and trying yep. to get her, you know. Yes, men together. Yeah, like, you know, to get her reads together. Like That's exactly what she was doing. <laughs> she was gathering all of her documentation and receipts and she was just gathering all of her intel and all of her niggas together so that she could have this, um, I don't know, something informed show. And she got on there sounding crazy as cat shit as ever. I only heard clips from the internet because I refused to actively go and press play and give her downloads for her show. Mm-mm-mm. Um, But, I mean, we've seen how Nikki's behaved through this entire situation. And, you know, Amanda Sills made a really great point. You know, people are saying, like, it was the wrong time for Cardi to fight. Mm. You don't fight in these type of settings, so forth and so on. It is never the wrong time to fight, <laughs> Amanda Sills said. And that spoke to my soul. Oh, God. It is never a wrong time to fight. You see a bitch, it's time to get busy. Listen, <laughs> so, shout out to the Just Do It memes. My favorite yeah, Just oh my Do God, It meme. My, my favorite. My favorite Just Do It meme. It says my, tomorrow is not promised. Run up on that bitch up on today. that bitch today. Oh and I God. said, oh, what, what a word. I was like, one time for the one time. I mean, I just think it's just a modern day, uh, a modern day 
um, interpretation of the yes. age-old adage, no time like the present. Seize the day, even. I mean, Carpe diem, I mean, you know, when when the door is open in front of you, you are you are to walk through it. I mean, several people have asked via Twitter and just kind of even in like day to day conversation since this blessed event. Um, wh- how my thoughts or feelings about about whether or not it was appropriate or should. Or shouldn't, uh, should Cardi have done it? Shouldn't she have done it? X, Y, Z. I just feel like we can all offer our own speculations and, uh, you know, ideas about what should or should not have happened. But at the end of the day, Cardi is going to Cardi. And throwing shoes is a part of her practice. If we would just think back to that faithful love and hip hop reunion. Talk about Where it. that girl was going off at the mouth. I don't even remember who it was. It wasn't Mariah. One of them girls. One of them girls of, that are of no consequence. We're just going on and on. And, uh, you know, Cardi didn't like what she said. What did she do? She took her shoe off and hit that girl upside her head. Like, this is what she throws shoes. It's what she, she does. And do I Still feel like. pumps in the club. Exactly. Do I feel like this is going to tarnish, scar, hurt impute any of Cardi's efforts or future success? No. I don't feel Absolutely like not. Cardi is going to lose one dollar or one fan as a result of this. Um, it's funny you should say that, sis, not to cut you off. Yeah. But Cardi had a shade of lipstick Sold out, released honey. through Tom Ford. Sold out. I mean, <laughs> done. Probably by a probably I can I can guarantee that probably half of the people who bought the lipstick will never wear it. Cause it's a blue lipstick, like. <laughs> right, but, uh, I was gonna buy it, it until I realized that it was a thing. Exactly, <laughs> and I mean, huh, like, I just Cardi gone Cardi, and Cardi's people love Cardi. Cardi. People love Cardi in all of her, uh, you know, authentic ways. The ways people that, love Cardi, and people are sick of Nikki. To be perfectly honest, well, I mean. I mean, the irony for me is that all of this was going on while Drake and Meek were playing nice. Right. They made up. And the mayor, I the mayor said, you are now welcome back into the city. <laughs> I just said, well, what in the world? I said, well, isn't what, it just... What a time. Look at how these tables have turned. <laughs> just and Drake, at- Drake posted and said, he was like, I just feel such a sense of relief. I just feel so much lighter now that... <laughs> I don't know who I was talking to. I was on the phone with somebody. I think I was on the phone with Leonard. And we were talking about, like, uh, things that may or may not have contributed to Drake and Meek's reconciliation. (laughs) And it was like, um, (laughs) you know, you know, what, like, what if in some, what if in some, some grand master's scheme or conspiracy theory, you know, this was like all a part of the plan because I that like if we think back, Nikki might have been at the heart of Drake and Meek's initial troubles. Mm. Um, and mm. it's just funny that you know now such as you know such as life would have it, you know, yeah, they're all good buddy buddy. And secondly, um, I, I I said I think that you know Drake being eviscerated by Pusha. <laughs> <laughs> made him empathetic to me. It really made him want to reach out and be like, you know, I know what it's like now. Um, mm. But either way, I think that, you know, 
infrared infrared was a it, it was a read but uh drake did hold himself down with was duppy mm. he did i know you don't drake I but don't. that was the i mean but, but it's fine he did hold it down in his fight. response you know i thought it was hilarious you know the pablo escobar reference i just thought was absolutely hilarious because as much as i do love the clips um they do speak as if they were like the grand coke lords of Colombia. So (laughs) anyway, that's more nigga conversation that I can do elsewhere. Um, But in the end, I guess the takeaway is that um, I'm team Cardi and uh, I support Amanda Seals message. And also whoever (laughs) created that Nike meme Um, again, tomorrow's not promised run up on that bitch today. The motto. What a time. The motto, I think we need to make a, a Drake remix to the motto and call it the motto 2.0, run oh, up on that bitch. Oh, and um, stop saying that it's not because white people are going to white wherever they're going to white. You know what I'm saying? Like if they feel like fighting at the U.S. Open, they're going to fight at the U.S. Open. If they feel like fighting, you know what I'm saying, at the Louvre, they're going to fight in the Louvre. <laughs> like white people are going to do whatever they're going to do wherever they want to. So why mm-hmm. is it not appropriate that all of a sudden because she's in a in a white space that she can't you know like handle up on like you get you you've been talking a whole lot of shit and now i see your face so now is the time the only time you don't need to be fighting is at people's weddings and baby showers i don't endorse them two things outside of that get busy see also like kids birthday <laughs> parties as well oh kids birthday parties as well uh, but um but yeah i mean phew but if it's an all adult space, you can get this work. I mean, I just, I, 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 I'm kind of indifferent. I do still believe that Cardi is a people's champion. I always, I always, probably always will. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just like. <sighs> and I'm ready for somebody to shut Nikki up. Like, I'm just ready for somebody to just, I can just clap her shoulders. I, I can, I can. The fact that. Uh, you know, I, 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 Cardi addressing Nikki on some. When I see you, <laughs> you never say anything. But when we're not in in each other's company, you got the you got, a whole you lot got the fastest thumbs in the tri-state area. Um, and then it's always on some throw the rock and hide your hands. I, 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 I gets busy with that because <laughs> I feel like that kind of dissonance resonates with me personally i have experienced the same oh um, it's very much when not when you come around i'll be quiet you know when you walk saying? away i'll be talking again i'll be talking again and <laughs> i just feel like you know you gotta if you if you want to listen listen that's all i'm gonna say because <laughs> <laughs> y'all are gonna call me all men as a hood rat and whatever else uh-huh. but i'm just telling you that i fully endorse i fully endorse that message you know what i'm saying like there's like there's like five bitches right now. It don't matter where I see them. It's time. Okay? We can meet at the Met. It's go time. Um, it's go time. <laughs> it's go time anytime. But let's 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 get into some positivity and shout out assist. Oh, let's 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 turn a corner. <laughs> let's do that. My sister's popping right now, like. We have such a wonderful shout out to my sis today. So I'm going to go ahead and just read the email straight out because this is such an awesome thing that I don't want to fag it up. So it says, hey, Jade and Kia, hope all is well. I apologize. Excuse me. Already. I absolutely love listening to the show every week. I actually have two shout outs for myself. 
I had my first op-ed published in Ed Surge in August. Come on. It was a major milestone in my career, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. The piece was originally supposed to be a blog post from my organization's website, but our communications person pitched it to news outlets, and it was actually picked up. If you're interested in reading the op-ed, here is the link, and we will be sure to post that in the description box. Fantastic. I am also one of four finalists for the Professional Women in Advocacy Up-and-Coming Practitioner Award. Show the heck out. The award recognizes advocates for early achievements in their career and potential to be a successful contributor to the field over time. I'm so grateful to be nominated for this award, and I appreciate all of my mentors in Washington, D.C. for helping me come this far in my career. Thanks, ladies. Have an awesome and prosperous week. All the best. India. Congratulations, India. I'm super proud of you. Super proud. Uh, you are definitely out here typing real fast. And I'm excited about uh, not only your publication, but yes. uh, this award. And, well, hey, Noah, girl. <sighs> no, I cannot read you a story right now. <laughs> I am recording right now. Girl, it's late. Okay, go on about your business. Come on now. Oh my gosh, she's taking fake selfies. Go and close the door quickly. <laughs> Noah, immediately. She's sashaying out the room. Very RuPaul. She just flipped her hair on me. Oh, oh my God. gosh, that's your child. It is. Absolutely. India, I am so sorry that your shout out was interrupted by my offspring. Oh, Go go and close the door. Go. Okay. Get it, Noah. <laughs> Get your life, girl. <laughs> anyway, India, we're super proud yes, indeed. of all of your accomplishments. <laughs> and uh, we will definitely be sure to post that link in the description box. So you guys make sure to check that out. Um, and give India a big old congratulations. You out here, sis. Keep doing it. I love reading these type of shout outs. Make sure you guys keep sending them in. Getting grown podcast at gmail.com. Close the door. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on and get into this kitchen table talk. All right. Support for today's show also comes from Thrive Market, an online marketplace that's on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Just pay a $60 annual fee and you can get access to thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Whether you are vegan, gluten-free, or feeding a family, you can choose from 80-plus qualities to get everything you need, including non-GMO, fair trade certified, and BPA-free. For every paid membership, a free membership is giving to a low-income family public school teacher, military veteran, or first responder. That's what's up. And if you don't make back the $60 in savings, Thrive Market will refund you the $60 thanks to their happiness guarantee. So Thrive sent us a bunch of really awesome goodies, everything from sea salt crackers and sea salt chips to essential oils and lavender dish soap. Yes. Their uh, delivery, delivery time is extra speedy. Their prices are amazing. Um... They're really, uh, their packaging is really streamlined and uh, tidy. Like they don't, you don't have all these extra boxes and extra paper. And you get your favorite things ordered to you that you ordered. You get them in um, no time flat. So 
I absolutely endorse Thrive Market. I love their mission. Um, and I love the fact that they are trying to help uh, people save money and uh, eat health, eat healthily. And, and it's a mom's dream. Absolutely. And now with our special link, Thrive Market is giving you an extra 25% off your first purchase plus a free 30-day trial. That's 25% off the already low prices that Thrive Market offers. Just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash grown to access this discount and all the amazing healthy snacks. Yes. <laughs> all right, burgers and fries, apples and oranges, coconuts and grass skirts. <laughs> <clears throat> we are uh, getting earring ready. backs and rubbing alcohol. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Clean your earring backs. Please. Why do earring backs stink? I don't know, but clean them, though. Why do belly buttons stink? That is an excellent question. I just think it is like one. It's, it's probably an area on the body that doesn't get a lot of air. Air circulation is important. Mm -hmm. It's it's key. It's critical. Uh, but yes, ladies, gents, uh, germs and all of that. <laughs> Airborne. Airborne. <laughs> uh, it is time to gather around the kitchen tables. We've got matters to discuss today. Mm. Um I'm sure that everyone, uh, well, I don't want to say I'm sure that, but um, we, we've, most of us probably have heard about the latest um, Serena Williams uh, <sighs> shaming. <laughs> uh, I just feel mm. like Serena has been under attack here lately. Has. And I, I, I have had enough. Um, so... Serena participated in the U.S. Open this past weekend um, and had a match on September 8th with Naomi Osaka of Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, Naomi Osaka, who is Haitian uh, and Japanese. Yes. So another woman of color. I love that she corrected that. Um, Absolutely. That journalist or whatever he was yeah. uh, in that interview. She's yeah. like, well, well, my dad is Haitian, yeah. so big ups so and shout outs. <laughs> let's acknowledge my melanin. Can we do that? Please, thank you. <laughs> let's be very clear here. Um, yeah, because I think he, I don't know, I was rubbed the wrong way instantly when she's talking about you have you have American fans and Japanese fans. And I'm just like, oh, uh, so we're going to. Did you completely forget? We're just going to act like this this brown person is not talking, but it's okay. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, Naomi Osaka, Serena Williams had a heated match, um, and uh, Serena was, um, let me see how I'm going to phrase this. Maybe I should just read it as, as, as written. Um, but, yeah, so Serena was penalized. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she was three different uh, penalties. The, the first, I don't know if, I don't know what order they were in, but um, a point was taken for coaching. The yes. umpire saw Serena's coach gesture something um, and penalized her for that. Uh, there was a, a racket violation, and mm -hmm. then Serena was penalized um, for calling the umpire a liar and a thief. The verbal abuse was definitely the last one. He right. added that on at the last right. minute. Right, and as such, Serena lost. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, she lost uh, before the penalties, but either mm -hmm. way, um, she advocated for herself. 
to the umpire um, because um, her coach did admit that he did gesture. He had also, with his admission, he said that Serena did not see him or it was quite possible that Serena did not see him. Mm-hmm. Serena responded to his admission uh, saying that they do not have signals. So even if he did signal something to her, she was like, we don't, we don't have signals. So I wouldn't have known what he was talking about in the first place. And that that was going to be something that they were going to address at a later time because, you know, she didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, she so, also said she doesn't cheat. Um, absolutely. Um, and she said that to the umpire. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the scandal, there's been lots of conversation in the news. Um, a lot of it bashing Serena for her um, verbalizing her disagreement with the umpire's calls. Um, she's been called all kinds of erratic and and um, uh, intimidating uh, mm-hmm. people have accused her of bullying not only the umpire but it was like bullying be a part of her practice mm-hmm. bullying her opponents that she had a meltdown yeah um so um there have been all kinds of you know talk in the press and the media and on twitter social media um about you know the way that uh, serena delivered or you know the way she said whatever she said mm-hmm. um and and the double standard that exists, uh, because honestly, if you anybody who watches tennis um, with any kind of regularity um, knows that men tennis players are often way vocal, right? And, and and are often known for going off in very uh, boisterous and flamboyant ways and expressing their disdain. And what's most interesting is that those um, men are often heralded by the media, um, mm-hmm. you know, for their strength and for advocating for themselves in ways. But it's just different. Um, it's, just, it's just very apparent that, that that's not been the response with Serena. Um, so we wanted to have a conversation about that um, because, I mean, it was just really triggering for me because mm-hmm. Keisha and I talked about it on Sunday uh, about, like, how it really just made me think of all the different times that I was owed an apology and I mm. didn't receive one um, and how that made me feel. Um, and it's happened in academic spaces and professional spaces and even in social and environments as well. But how that made me feel um, and what watching Serena have that experience kind of, you know, surfaced for me. So mm-hmm. is there anything that, like, how did it make you feel well, did it did it trigger any you know emotions or, or specific memories for you? Yeah, I just feel like I feel like black women are never um, we're never given apologies uh, when we're owed apologies or when we ask for them. And that's another thing with the whole situation is that she didn't ask for her points back. She didn't ask for any of that. She right, asked there for was apology. no restitution. It was just no. like I want you. I mean, no restitution in that you know she acknowledged that the umpires call was was going to rule the day like it wasn't like you know she just wanted him to acknowledge you know acknowledge that you did not even give me the benefit of the doubt like you you saw something like you did not confirm or anything acknowledge that you did me wrong like this is not a fair scenario or situation I just want you to acknowledge that and oftentimes we don't even get that acknowledgement 
we don't get the acknowledgement. And I know that I've like, there's been times like, and I have a very uh, colorful sense of humor. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to offend, but even in a situation where maybe somebody's joked about something that I've already been like, yo, that's not funny. Like, don't even joke about it. And they continue to do it. And I'm, I get upset. I'm like, that that's not funny. I told you that's not funny. Like, why would you keep saying that? And I'm like, no, don't say that and apologize for that. And it's been like, ah, oh, it was just a joke. Like it's brushed off. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that is an example of how sometimes our, our, our a lot of times our emotions are not acknowledged. Absolutely. And uh, our respect is not acknowledged. We're not given that respect. Um, and it's a, just a common narrative. Right. I think about times when I have been like blindsided or mm-hmm. I have been uh, told or encouraged in professional spaces, you know, that I could be vulnerable or share, share things, um, you know, share things that I don't know things that I, I hadn't quite learned yet, things that I was struggling with, my challenges, share my opinions, share my beliefs, share my perspectives. I was mm-hmm. encouraged and affirmed, quote unquote, affirmed, um, you know, or, or reassured that I was in a safe space. But there were times where I felt like I was encouraged to share and and be transparent about certain things only to have those things kind of thrown in my face or, or like, you know, used against me. So I can think of one particular instance where I had a supervisor who, uh, you know, we we had we had weekly meetings. And in those weekly meetings, if something came up in the meeting, um, you know, an issue, whatever it would be, you know, we would talk about it in that meeting. We would resolve it in that meeting. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we would, you know, go ahead. And, and our rapport was was good or so I thought like we had a, a strong relationship um, and I felt like, you know, I could trust him as my supervisor um, mm-hmm. until I got to like my end of the year review. Um, and he like pulled out this folder um, and he had been keeping record of all of these issues or infractions and things that I thought were resolved and taken care of. You know, he just wow. listed them all in this end of the year review and did wow. not list what the resolve was like, like what the next steps were, how he worked toward that. Um, and never discussed it again and only to find that he'd been keeping this file on me. And um, he was kind of just like, if you don't, if, you know, gave me kind of an ultimatum, like these are the things that you're going to have to do going forward. These are the things and just wanted me to sign off on it and have it sitting in my file. And I was like, nah, bro, like that's not how this works. Um, and thought that I was just going to take it until I went to HR and explained what happened um, and then went back. Um, and he and, and they basically told him that that was, you know, unethical and against policy. And he was like, oh, like. and it was like, he was like, OK, but he never came back to me and was just like, yo, my bad or nothing. Like he never said nothing. He just carried on. Um, thankfully, I was uh, I was offered another position because God just works that way. But anyway, mm. I was offered another position around about the time that all of this was happening. And it just worked out that I was able to give my two weeks. Like, you know, shortly thereafter, all of this was was uh, taken care of through HR. And he had the nerve to, like, call me and was like, can we talk about this? I don't want you to make a rash decision. Are you sure you want to leave? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, what? 
Like, no, nigga, because you're trying to address this now that I'm, I'm yeah. going somewhere. Like, like what? Nah. It was like, so it was like, it was almost confirmed for me. It was like, you was trying to manipulate me. Like, you were, you were uh, threatening me. Like, you really didn't, you were doing this stuff because you didn't think that I was going to leave and I was just going to take it. Um, now that I'm actually, you know, out, you want to come back and talk. And you still never apologize to me. Um, and I actually saw him. Uh, I've since, like, graduated and got all my stuff. And I actually saw him at, like, a professional conference. And he pulled mm -hmm. me to the side and apologized four years later. And was like, you know, I want to apologize. I know we didn't end on the right foot. But either way, in that instance, what really, what really triggered me when we, I was talking about with Keisha was, like, I did not have the power or the position to advocate for myself the way that Serena had the way that Serena did. Even if it, even if in, in, in that, you know, Serena couldn't get her own point back or whatever, but like, I couldn't go off on that man. Like I really wanted to because they want this rent every month. <laughs> like they mm. want it every month. And yes. I had to stop and literally stifle and I, I couldn't express it. I had to be real strategic about how I handled the situation. Thankfully, you know, the Lord provided a way out where I wouldn't have to contend with this man even more. But it th made me think about all the times where women are in situations and circumstances where they are being abused and they are literally between a rock and a hard place. And they can't, mm. they can't speak up for themselves the way that Serena did. So while I thought it was awesome um, and I was encouraged um, and I thought it was just, you know, completely amazing the way that Serena demanded an apology. I was I just it just made me think of all the ways that so many of us don't have the platform or the space to make any kind of demand. Mm. And yeah. I remember um <laughs> or the thing is too. <clears throat> Like you said, we either don't, we're not either not in the space where we can speak up for ourselves, or when we do speak up for ourselves, in the case of Serena, we, we're again labeled with all manners of meltdowns and, you know, the black um, angry uh, black angry woman trope. And I remember an episode of Girlfriends where Joan was frustrated with being talked over in the in the in the conference room, right? Like, and how they had no respect for her in the conference room and they made jokes about her being on her period. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's minimized to things like that. Um, and I have, when I worked at, so I used to work uh, at Sony and when I worked at Sony, it was one particular night where I had friends in town and I was going to stay at their hotel and uh, we had, had this whole plan. So I packed clothes because I wasn't going to go all the way uptown where I was living. So I packed clothes and like had a suitcase and I brought the suitcase to work and left it at work while we went drinking in the area. So um, I came back, you know, went to security, showed my badge to go upstairs to go get my bag. And this particular dude just had an issue. He just had a problem. And he was like, no, you're not admitted to go back upstairs. And I was like, I'm showing you my badge. Like, what's good? Like, I was like, I'll tell you who my who my boss is, my direct supervisor. You can give him this a call. Like, like a security I'll, guard or something? A security guard. And he's, he, so it ends up becoming this whole thing. So he's calling upstairs to security. I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, I don't even need to get inside. Send security to go to my desk then and go get my bag and bring me my bag. Like, I just need to get my bag tonight. Like, that just needs to happen tonight, right now. 
and he was giving me so many problems. I'm like, why are you trying to hold my shit hostage? Like, let me get my fucking bag. I was like, what is your problem? So we end up getting into it verbally. My Afro shaking. I'll tell you how I knew that later. <laughs> and uh, he ends up calling the police on me. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? This is some bullshit, whatever. All right, bet. I leave before the cops get there. And the next day... I snuck into work really early um, and I'd, I take I took a shower at my friend's hotel, put my clothes back on. So I did the whole stroll, even though it wasn't a whole stroll because it was friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Went to work, changed clothes in the bathroom because my bag had all my shit in it there and got myself together. And I was there super early. But security caught me later on, like all the security who knew me by day, cracking wild jokes about you know, me getting into it with security and we could see your Afro shaking on the um, on the camera and everybody was sitting in the, in the room watching the camera, <laughs> watching you go off on the security guard, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I say all that to say I found out that that was not protocol. Like he should have let me up to get my bag, especially if I was showing him proper credentials. And nobody had the nerve to tell this man that he wasn't penalized. He didn't. There was no apology. There was no nothing. And all it looked like was I was some wild animal of a of a black bitch who decided to go off on this man to the point where they had to call the cops on me. It's just like all the all the ways that I don't know, for me, it, it just it made it made real how um like how systems and structures are inherently marginalizing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like how how they can be used and how these kinds of tools of marginalization, like these tropes, whether it be angry black women tropes, these generalizations and stereotypes about how we are or why we are the way that we are, um, attributing our emotion to, you know, hormones mm-hmm. or our emotion being considered weakness or irrationality or some sort of loss of control um Mm -hmm. how those are bigger than like individual behaviors because a lot of times it's not like just men or just women that feel this way but they're kind of like larger societal comp uh they're like norms they're rules and structures and it's like they're enforced you know in in such problematic ways right because like Mm -hmm. um we can think about like you know this conversation of like white women and white women's tears and how, you know, Mm. you know how Mm. a lot of Mm. that is really steeped in patriarchy and, but, but it's in in whiteness, but how those things are, have really have no respect of like who the, uh, the antagonist is. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. like, but they're just like larger, they're just larger issues. And, you know, how all of those things contribute to the erasure of our experience as as black women and the shaming and the blaming, um, mm. you know, uh, that that com- comes as a result of these double standards. So Serena is pushing back, really. Her argument and pushback is about, it's like she really believes, and I agree with her, but she believes that this umpire 
you know, took those points away from her because she is a woman and how we've mm-hmm. seen men express themselves and they're, they're viewed as passionate and strong. Yep. And this is all about self-advocacy. But but she was deemed a threat, a bully. Right. Um, and, and, you know, all kinds of things. And thinking we were talking before we started recording about uh, these the biased uh, headlines that have been yeah. in the media and um the posts specifically yeah and you know those 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 cartoons and all these kinds mm. of things so it's really Ugh. really really like it's just it really it's been it's been hard i've been talking again i was talking to um Leonard about this before we started recording and it's just like mm-hmm. yo it is it's exhausting because it is. it's not even like, it's not even like, the, it's like a refusal to acknowledge that these things even happen to us. Yeah. And because of these double standards, both of these women of color, Serena and Naomi both, uh, you know, both suffered. were wronged and, and as a result, consequently traumatized by what was happening. Um, poor, poor because Naomi. we saw, oh yeah, no, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. What were you gonna say? No, it, Naomi didn't get to celebrate her win properly. You know what she I'm saying? She even because... apologized for winning, which I think is heartbreaking, right? right? Like, right. This little girl was five years old and watching, watching Serena win her first Grand Slam at at the uh, at at the Arthur Ash at, at the Arthur Ash, um, you know, park. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talked about idolizing Serena and it really being like a dream or her lifelong aspiration to face Serena. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. won. And because of what happened, because of all that transpired, um, she was booed and was up and literally during the award ceremony was weeping <laughs> mm-hmm. to the extent where she apologized for winning. She was like, you know, I don't know. You know, it was all really confusing and I don't really because, you know, she's just focused on on playing her best game and she did. But, uh, you know, I don't really know. She was like, I don't really know what's going on. I have to go back and watch the tapes and figure it out for myself. But I, I'm just really sorry that it had to end this way. So now this poor girl's first Grand Slam title uh, was tarnished by yep. this and all because, you know, of uh, a, a double standard. Yep. And and I just think that that is some bull swanky. And I feel like these kinds of things have been happening to black women down throughout the ages. I wanted to talk about it on the show because I thought it might resonate with a lot of our listeners. And I was hesitant to bring it up even because I'm just like, we don't have a fix, right? We don't have... No. Like, what is... What There's is no a, takeaway. I don't feel like we, Jade and I can now give you, uh, you know, the five, the top five ways to deal with this. Because it's like not going nowhere, right? And it's we not happening. we are in the thick no of it as it. well, right? Thinking about all the way, I can really we can have a whole show about ways in which, you know, I've been run over and run through, mm. and that's just me. And I know if we were to give you guys the floor, there would be loads and loads of you who can think about the times that these Episodes things have for the happened. Rest of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. So. It's um. Well, I do want to end on a positive note by shouting out Serena and her motherly, um, mm-hmm. her motherly skills taking over because she was able to put her emotions to the side and realize that this win was something really great for this uh for this young lady, and she was able to embrace her 
and kind of like gave her like the all right let's get ourselves together yeah you know what i'm saying and celebrate you for a second like forget this other mess for just a second and let's go ahead and get ourselves together and because you got this win and you deserve this win you deserve this win and there will be many more to come but i think that i mean i'm hoping and i mean maybe not saying that everything not saying that this needed to happen in order for um this kind of relationship to develop between Naomi and Serena, but I'm hoping that they can continue to build a relationship because I think this is mm-hmm. a strong mentoring moment for absolutely uh, for young Naomi. And I mean, for me as well, right? Um, because Serena said that she's going to continue to uh, fight for women. And it just mm-hmm. made me think of like, what are the ways that we can use our platforms? Um what are the ways that we can build platforms and what are the ways that we can use the platforms that we have? What are mechanisms that we can put in place to at least buffer against, you know, if we can't do anything about it, uh, what can we do to buffer and protect ourselves, give ourselves space to kind of unpack and process these things because holding on to this kind of trauma leads to all manner of wrong, right. And bad. Mm. And, you know, this is why, you know, we got heart disease and, all kinds of autoimmune conditions and all kinds of stuff, right? Because we because we internalize. We are all out these here things. dealing with this baloney on a day to day basis. Like people feel like they have the right to say all manner of foolishness. Oh, like 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 literally, <laughs> they we just out here. They said they think they, they just treat us any old kind of way, and we supposed to just take it on the chin we and keep it pushing. It. And, and if you know we, what we don't, I'm if whack. we don't. We are all manner of uh, bullies, mm-hmm. right? When I speak up for myself, I'm bullying you. When I when I speak up for myself, I'm intimidating. Like that's, right. What a girl, get out of here. Like, all right, now. So I think if I have any takeaway for this, it's, it's important for us to c- continue having these conversations and calling these... Um, calling these people out who participate in this patriarchal system and just make continue to make noise about it, continue to have the conversations and also continue to create safe spaces for women of color um, and for ourselves so that we have these outlets so that we're not internalizing these things like many of our mothers and Mm -hmm. aunts and grandmothers had to do. Um, and we have some sort of outlet to be able to express these, even if we can't ultimately change it right now. So, yeah, I agree. And I think to add to that, um, I think it's important for us to acknowledge our own limitations as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking specifically about, uh, our listeners who may be, you know, white or maybe men or maybe, you know, and I think this is goes back to what I was saying before about it being larger than just our own identities and our own, um, our own practice and what we do, um, our own individual behaviors, but just acknowledging the ways that these things exist as systems and structures. Um, I think that's the very first step because before, before we can be before we can change anything we have to be conscious and critical of the, the of the things that are problematic right mm-hmm. and a lot of times we have to be willing to go there we have to be willing to call these things out like you said and just say yeah regardless of my identity i'm a white man and i acknowledge that patriarchy is wrong that's <laughs> like that's all we want that's it. we're not saying that you should say that i am you know a misogynist 
Nobody's saying right. that. We just want you to be like, I am male, and I acknowledge that, you know, women have to deal with some bullshit. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I am white, and I acknowledge that people of color have to deal with things that I'll never know about. And those I things, am a black man, and I recognize that that also has a privilege within absolutely. its right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and I just mean, say these things. Yeah. I mean, and that goes for all of us. Right. I'm able bodied and I understand what it's like. You know, I understand that 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 affords me privileges that people who, who disabled persons don't have all across the board. I think it, it just boils down to us being willing to acknowledge, be conscious and critical of things. Um, that's that's literally the first step in change. Like this is what I study at work, like institutional change, organizational change. The very first step in the process processes of facilitating sustainable change that means change mm -hmm. that's not going to go nowhere change that lasts for more than you know just you know change that's more than just an adjustment but change that's real change the first step is being conscious and critical and acknowledging the fact that okay what we're doing is not working the system right. is not set up in a way that makes all persons and perspectives uh you know worthwhile or, you know, worthy or even, you know, it acknowledges that there are more than one perspective and experience. Like, like we have to first acknowledge that. And once we do that, like that's I think that's really the first step. And that's and I think if we can get to a place where we can have productive conversations across our lines of difference, even as men and women, even as black men and black women. Yep. I think if we can get to a place where where we're not like all niggas of this and all women are that. Like if, if we can get to a place where we're not, where we're acknowledging that our, all of our experiences are not, you know, the same or like stop making generalizations and assumptions and presuming mm -hmm. things, but just being willing to come to the table and have product, productive conversations about the ways that things are and not invalidating people's experiences because it's something that we don't have experience of. Yep, but I I ain't mean to go off, but I just been no, thinking please, and rum go ruminating about this stuff all the time because I just feel like people people just be out here saying anything, and I have to acknowledge the ways that I have done it as well. But I just I just know that we're not gonna get anywhere until we're able to at least talk about these things. So no, and that's that's the first step in us trying to be able to fix it is talking about it. Is we can't ignore it any longer because. That's clearly done nothing. Clearly. Yeah, um, weigh in. Weigh in. Let us know what you're thinking. Always. We wanna we wanna continue this conversation. Um, because I'm sure like like Jay said, these instances and occurrences are not gonna stop happening. Um and, and how can we come together as a community and start thinking mm -hmm. about ways that we can protect ourselves and support one another as we deal with these things. But shout out to Serena, as always, for being you know, a machine. <laughs> That's right. And shout out to Naomi for being a machine in training. Uh, amen. Amen. And shout out to her for her win. Absolutely. We are proud of you. Shout out to you, sis. Let's go on and get into this truth box. Honestly? Truly. All right. Let's get on the truth truck. <laughs> get into it <laughs> hi jade and kia i've been a listener since your first episode and i often re-listen to emails when i need to find some comfort and when i need to feel understood Aww. i'm listening with a pretty serious issue that i have no clue how to cope with okay. here it goes so my name is we're gonna call her lynn okay my name is lynn and i'm from ferguson missouri born and raised oh, 
I'm biracial. My mom is white and my dad is black. Unfortunately, I do not have a relationship with my father. From a young age, he exposed me to some pretty heinous things. I won't go too far into it, but the point is that I'm not very close to him or that many people on his side of the family. The white side of my family, for lack of a better word, are mostly poor and uneducated. My mom and my godmom are the exceptions. They're very liberal and they are far from racist. The rest of my family on my white side, however, as I get older, I notice more and more of their prejudice. This is true, especially for my cousin, who I've always been pretty close, um, who I've always been pretty close to as we are close in age and sometimes more like brother and sister than anything. However, as I get older, I notice more and more of his racist and sexist comments, especially since Trump has been elected. He's a huge Trump supporter. Ooh, the ghetto. Not only does he make these horrible comments, but he looks at me to see my response right after saying some fucked up shit. It's like a malicious attempt to get a rise out of me. It's like a malicious game of let's piss off the liberal chick, but it's more than that for me. I'm a black woman and I take that shit personally. I simply can't stand it anymore. I feel like I'm drowning and grieving the family members I once knew and respected. I also don't know if if you can relate to this, but when someone says something racist around me, even though I think I'll have this grand response every time, about half the time I clam up and I don't know what to say because I feel stunned or at a loss for words. I recently went on a trip with this cousin and comment after comment with was ex, uh, either extremely sexist or extremely racist, whether it be about Hispanics, Asians, Middle Easterns, Middle Easterners, um, Americans, immigrants, etc. I just graduated college as a first generation college student and I'm moving to Boulder, Colorado this Friday. I guess my question is, do I cut these relationships completely because I'm at the point of not wanting him to visit me, not wanting to visit him because I'm just disgusted with nearly everything that comes out of his mouth. Whatever advice you guys have, I would absolutely appreciate. I feel like I have no one to talk to about this. Best Lynn. Oh, Lynn, girl. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Um, my heart goes out to you, sis. I just feel like, um, it is it is definitely tough to be subjected to um racism mm-hmm. uh in such a blatant and apparent way uh in such an intentional and specific way um and that's got to be especially hurtful coming from a family member a member of your family um that being said um I want to affirm you in making whatever choice you uh, deem most appropriate. Um, That is your family. And I'm not going to tell you uh, that you have to, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable telling you cut them off or don't cut them off. I think that's ultimately your choice, but I will say that you do not have to contend with mistreatment or abuse from anybody. I don't care if they're related to you or not. Um, how you choose to uh, advocate for yourself, whether that be you making a demand, whether whether that be you making a request or, 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 or serving an ultimatum, saying, like, I know what you're doing. I don't appreciate it. If you don't stop, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. And 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 you. You have the right to do that. Um, you have. 
I don't know. I think that that is well within your. It's it's more than reasonable for you to for you to advocate for yourself in those ways because anything less than that is 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 literally abuse. And and I don't I don't think that you know it is appropriate for any of us to deal with abuse. I don't think that that's what. No matter what, no matter no matter who the abuser is, uh, you don't have to take it. And I, and I don't I don't think you should. I mean, <clears throat> you brought out how your father wasn't in your life because he's exposed you to some heinous things. These are heinous um, things. <laughs> these are also heinous yeah. things, just a different form, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, but if you if your family was able to separate you from your father for those reasons, then you are you you are very well within your right to separate yourself from those within your family who are exposing you to things of the same nature. Um, or of a heinous nature, should I say? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Blood don't mean nothing when you like go out of your way to disrespect me, because <laughs> at that point we ain't nothing but related. You know what I'm saying? I don't really have any words for you, and I think that you're well within your right to not want to communicate with people who are exposing you to things like that. But it's also your family. I know how that can. That can be a weird area. I had a cousin. We were out to dinner one night and he told me he might vote for Trump. And I I, I was stunned. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you even talking about right now? Like, how how could you even? Why? And, um, you know, he went into the whole Hillary thing and, you know, so forth and so on. And I had to end the conversation. Now, I would have loved to get up and just leave. Um, And he hasn't even said anything else crazy. And he ended up not doing it. So he says, allegedly. But I say all that to say, you know, in that particular situation, it was like, we're out to dinner right now and I'm not getting ready to ruin this whole vibe. But you just pissed me off. So we're going to cut this conversation off. And I very much was very vocal and let him know, like, you know what? We're not even going to talk about this anymore. We're not going to talk about this ever again, actually. Um. And and sometimes you got to either cut the conversation or cut that nigga off. You got to do one or the other. Yeah, and I honestly think that your move to Colorado is just affording you a clean break. Girl, that's the universe or whatever telling you, hey, we got you. We got y'all. Exactly. <laughs> so. um, and you don't have to feel bad about anything that you make. And whatever choice that you make is not a final choice. It mm-hmm. just may be like, you know. I don't want you to feel like you cutting your family off forever doesn't mean that you have to love them and whatever. You can love people from a distance. You have to love people in specific ways. You have to love people in ways that are not harmful and endangering to you. So, um, like I said, it may just be a temporary thing. Perhaps this is just not the time that you can have a conversation. It's okay for you to make that choice. I'm choosing not to engage in this way with you right now. Um, maybe you need to mature. Maybe, maybe, you know, he needs to mature. He clearly needs to mature. Um, uh, and maybe you need to, to grow and maybe at a different time and space in life, you guys can have a more productive conversation about it. But if for right now, if the best thing for you to do is to sever ties, uh, yep. you know, that doesn't mean that you have to do so forever. I just think that I want to, I just want to be <coughs> sure that we're affirming you uh that you can make the choice that's best for you right now absolutely absolutely but we we're definitely here to support you we appreciate you for supporting us 
um, please feel free to write in, keep us updated, let us know um, how things go. But like he said, it doesn't have to be a final decision. It could just be you setting the tone for what you will and will not tolerate. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just fine. So our love, our prayers, and our positive energy all go out to you, Lynn. Absolutely. Let's move along to the petty peeves and wrap it on up. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. All right, y'all. Let's be petty. Um... <laughs> I'm going to just say this. I'm going to try to say it as quick as possible and then just get out the way. Uh, I I have, as a PK, I'm a, I'm no stranger to the fishbowl. I know what it's like for people to observe your circumstance and feel like they know things about you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I'm tired of that. <laughs> I'm very tired. I've grown very weary of assumptions. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I don't know how much more I can take of it. I want, my petty peep is, is for people who make assumptions um, about me specifically. People who have made claims and reached conclusions about me without any kind of conversation with me. I'm sick of that. And y'all got to let yes. that go. Because <laughs> I just feel like I don't know uh, how how much more time will uh, pass before I lash out, mm. and I, I really feel like that's that's all I, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, this is a thing that has kind of become commonplace, and I will I will behoove all of you <laughs> to take it easy because the kid that you think you know so well. <laughs> You don't really know as well as you think you might. I be telling people, I be telling niggas, like, Kia fights. I mean, not even on some just that, <laughs> but I just feel like I don't like it when people make decisions for me. When I am I am able and willing to have a conversation <coughs> mm-hmm. and we can always talk about it. That's why I feel like what, what Cardi is experiencing with Nikki resonates with me so seriously. Because... Right. Let's talk. I'm here. If I've come to you on several, if I've come to you on more than one occasion, occasion and asked you if if there's some sort of beef, if you got something on your heart, if there's something that that's not rubbing with rubbing you the right way or sitting well with you, let's talk about it. You got to talk to me about that before you talk about anybody else. Because if you talk to other people before you talk to me about it, I'm going to assume mess. Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And if we're friends and if we have a relationship and you can't talk to me about one thing or another, that's the problem. But it's when you get to jump into those conclusions on your own. Don't assume nothing about me. Don't assume, man. Ask. Don't assume. Mm. And don't feel like because you know. And this happens even in dating situations, too. And this is really just, oh, we can just go there as well. I uh, think that people feel like they they build a conception of who you are based on your photos, based on, you know, your comments or captions or whatever. And then they treat you like, oh, I know this is how you're going X, Y, Z. You don't know anything, stranger. No. 
You don't know. You don't know anything. Or I bet you probably you the type of girl. Or because or because I have a certain number of followers, or this or that, or the third, sir, you are still a stranger. Thank you. And you cannot come up and approach me like we have a relationship. We don't. The only thing you have access to is my page. <laughs> you don't have access to me in those ways. So I don't know, man. That thing, I just have had a week. I've had a week. And this is just a theme that has just been reoccurring. So this is not a test, kids. I'm telling you. Y'all better pay attention. Please. Take heed. I just don't, cause I mean, I'm 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 a go along to get along kind of girl. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here. You to, are. I'm not here to rock the boat, and I don't like mess, so I don't look for it. I don't create it. I don't like mess, so I don't tolerate it either. So if you gonna no. be messy, you are gonna have to go over there with that. Cause I ain't got the time. Who has the time for that? Nobody. Not me. But that's it. I'm gonna let you go ahead and continue. Um, my petty peeve. Um, is for a particular type of plate maker at a function. <laughs> um, I cannot stand people who make plates at functions before everybody at the function has eaten. <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't ask for the foil. Don't come with three and two plates in hand because you decide that you're going to bring food home for you know, Bubba back at the crib or because you feel like having lunch tomorrow. Everybody hasn't eaten. Furthermore, I feel like there are appropriate times for people to make plates. When the host tells you, I have excess food that I do not want to keep in my home, please take food home. It is appropriate to make a plate. I think that's just fine. When we went to the to the party this weekend, they if people want to take food, they had no problem because there was oodles of food left. Mm-mm-mm. I also recently went to a repass and there were old women on the line making multiple plates when it was already at capacity, a long line of people and everybody had not eaten. And when I tell you I was losing my mind, <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was like, this is this is not only tacky, it's disrespectful. So it's not about making the plate. If the host says it's okay to make a plate, then it's cool to make a plate. The host tells you to take food with you, then take food with you. If they're trying to get stuff out of their house, by all means, it's fair game. But a plate, like, don't take food at the repast. Don't take food before everybody on the line has eaten. Like, don't do that. Not only does it hold the line up, it also minimizes what people in the back are getting ready to have access to. It's just, it's just selfish and it's, it's tacky and I hate it. Agreed. And that's it. You're not supposed to be singing. Uh, you're right. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> um, listen, ladies, gents, germs, and uh, genomes. We uh, have have wrapped up another episode of Getting Grown. We thank you so much for your time and patience. So, so much. And um, we are thrilled and elated that you join us week after week. Please continue to do that. Um, As far as 
um, announcements and things of that order, keep on keeping on in terms of sending in your shout out to my sis submissions and your honesty box questions and your petty peeves and your suggestions for kitchen table topics. We need all of that. Um, Go ahead and make sure that you buy tickets because our shows are coming up, man. Uh, Philly's in two weeks. Quick fast. Yeah, man. Philly's in two weeks. New York is in four weeks. Whoa. We out here. Uh, here. (laughs) uh, Please don't have us out here by ourselves. Like, seriously. And Atlanta's wasting no time. They're like, even though this is in November, we're going to go ahead and get this in. And we love y'all so much. So continue to do so. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, man. We're excited. Uh, Philadelphia. I haven't gotten the clearance, but hopefully this won't be the end of the world. We will be joined in Philadelphia by none other than Brittany Packnett. Hey. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Brittany Packnett, man, she is just masterful, uh, masterful educator, currently a fellow at Harvard. Uh, Harvard. Harvard. Uh, Brittany Packnett, man, advocate, um, influencer, vice president of the National Community Alliance for Teach for America, co founder of Campaign Zero. And mm. a member of President Barack Obama's 21st Century Policing Task Force. Um, she uh, hails from St. Louis. Um, and yes. she's just out here, man. And she's going to come and kick it with us in Philly. We're going to have loads of awesome chat and chit at the kitchen table. <laughs> so please come and sit with us. Philadelphia, get your tickets. Um, I'm probably going to be, you know, harassing you all via social media with that link until Same. all the tickets are sold. We need y'all to come and hang out with us. Same. Um, Do it as a birthday gift to me. Yes, because it's Jade's birthday and I'm not supposed to be singing, hey. but I'm going to sing anyway. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, sis. Thank uh, you, sis. Love you so much. Couldn't do love any of this crap without you. So, yes. Um, everybody, wish Jade a happy birthday. Come to the Philly show. We're going to have a happy birthday turn up for Jade. Um, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a blast. And in the meantime, make sure you don't come to the show ashy. Don't do that, please. Moisturize. You will get talked about. Moisturize, drink your water, and as always, continue to mind your business. Because your black is going to crack. If it's dry, man. Bye. Bye, guys.